are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up, Ray? Is your microphone on? You know what? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Today it is. We I, thought it was last week. I listened back and it was like, oh, Triz. I like to change it up and not always be audible. It sounded like it was a pretty good show. I mean, I'm always loud. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I tell you, in listening back, I was a tad abrasive. So I did actually. You? I did actually text Aaron, and Aaron's a cool dude. He said, hey, man, I'm, I'm a, uh, a stockbroker. I'm a, maybe he wishes. I'm a pawnbroker. I got I thick skin. I wish I was. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, every once in a while, my New Jersey climbs back in, and I get loud and obnoxious. I thought I'd left that behind, but, you know, <laughs> you can take the boy out of Jersey. You can't take the Jersey out of the boy. Well, my only thing was, and I don't know that Aaron or Tony have any issue with a good-spirited debate, the thing that I would have said to you today had you not pre-apologized to Aaron is that it just felt like man from the opening bell it was hard and I just thought man let's just have a little five minutes of small talk and catch up with these guys where it's like guns defend them go (laughs) you know it's like ah and I'm not sure how we got on guns but you know I I still maybe it was me but I I was driving uh, listening a couple days later and I was like damn I was coming on a little hot and heavy so yeah hopefully Aaron will be back because he does he really does defend his positions well I I like having Aaron on because he gives me food for thought because he is um, you know certainly passes the neighbor test he's a guy you'd love to live next to he's a great guy and he's conservative in his views which he's certainly allowed to be well, you know, I consider Aaron a friend, and I think, you know, from, As do I, yeah. from, from a guy with a phone full of Republican friends, I, the credit I will also give Aaron is I think he's the most able to hear what you're saying and respond to it without just being, I'm in this bubble. That's fair. I love Trump. Nothing you're going to say is going to change my mind. He listens and has a conversation, there you go. which is very appreciative because I feel like Democrats go out of their way to, well, what am I doing wrong and how can I fix this? And most of the time, Republicans, maybe to their credit, are hard-headed and fuck you. Like, this is my way and there's oh, nothing you're going to say that's going to change my mind. there's some lefties that do that, too. Oh, as, agree, as, agree. As Aaron I was just tell talking us that, my friend list. That, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. Th- that wouldn't have use for somebody like Aaron, but I, I, I think you make a great point. Aaron does have a conversation, and uh, uh, hell, I remember, you know, he's done podcast now four or five times, and I remember once saying uh, something about the cowboy image relative to guns in America, and he was like, oh, absolutely, there's a cowboy image. Yeah, smart man. Hey, speaking of, so thank you for that, and um, and uh, wish your mic would have been on because because <laughs> not only was I getting abrasive, but I was the only one that sounded loud because your freaking microphone. Aaron sounded great when he got on the mic, and you know Tony's a quiet man; he it fills in with stuff where he can. But uh, yeah, I was just booming that whole podcast. <laughs> so all, your microphone's on, right? Uh, yes, okay. I just I just wanted to make you like the spotlighted <laughs> star ah, of you. that show, right. and just make you sound as bad as and as mean as possible to our guests. <laughs> But um, speaking of friends and, and great people, a uh, buddy of mine, Tracy Culbertson, passed away yesterday, fought a two-year fight with uh, pancreatic cancer. He was diagnosed in November of 21. Tracy was, uh, he, had a, he owned a company called uh, uh, 
Bevlex, which Bevin Co. is the parent company. He did our liquor audit. And I first hired Tracy in the summer of 2011. I took that job in, in May, and Tracy was one of my first hires. Uh, Amano, who was a mechanic from uh, Filipino, or not Filipino, a Singapore mechanic who was working for us part-time at the time, uh, knew him from the Lexington Bowling Center, Collins. Southland and Eastland both opened then and Tracy was doing audits there and our bar was it was just a leaking ship man in 2011 2012 and Tracy came in and was very instrumental in turning the bar around and he was a great uh, just a great source for me because he he was a year older than me so he passed away at 64 and he um, had managed an olive garden he had managed a Lone Star Steakhouse, uh, Damon's. Um, and so he knew the business. He started, he went to college for about six months, said, man, college isn't for me. Went to work in the restaurant business where he met his wife, Janae, who we've become very good friends with. And so he was a great resource on the business of running a bar and restaurant. And it went way beyond just the liquor audit. And he had a great love for music, which we and I shared and uh, he and I shared. And he, he just became a great friend. And, you know, watching people die. We, we went up Monday. Uh, Janae had texted us and said, you know, hospice, he died at home. Hospice was coming to the house, but everyone was in agreement that the end was drawn near. So we went Monday, Patty and I did, and spent uh, probably the better part of an hour. Um, his wife was there, both his kids, his son, who's 25, still lives with him. His daughter's married in Chicago, but she's spending the holidays, which is great. So I'm not exactly sure, you know, he passed away last night, if the family was gathered, whatever. I assume they were. But we spent about 45 minutes on Monday, and um, I mean, he was kind of out of it. He's on a lot of pain meds and sure. so forth. But we had a couple laughs or two, and actually everybody left, and he and I chatted for, well, chatted maybe not right but uh, i had a moment with tracy uh where we had a laugh or two i put a smile on his face and uh, a couple of old stories um i, I reminded him what it was great like he he had a way of putting his foot in his mouth he's the only guy <laughs> i know who uh asked a non-pregnant woman when she was due oh no when he tell hey, he used to tell that story so well oh. and then true story a friend of mine justin moore who um uh, actually, he's our Edward Jones guy, so he's got our money. And Justin was doing an event at Galaxy, and he's married to a rather attractive woman. And, you know, guys are guys. So we're in the bar, and we're looking out into the parking lot. Tracy and I are looking out. Justin has his back to the door. And this woman opens the door, and Tracy goes, hey, check this out. And Justin, cool as a cucumber, he looks, he, he looks and he turns. He goes, you like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she says, that's my wife. Tracy's <laughs> like, I am an idiot, man. I'm feeling this big. It was, it was great, man. So... So rest in peace, my good friend. Your 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 fight is over, and uh, you know gonna gonna miss you, man. He was. Uh, you can't make old friends. You can't. You know, it's so sad, man. Hate to hear it for you. And I think that's one of those weird things that kind of always gets overlooked. You everybody jumps immediately to the family, the kids, and and as well they should. Like not to take away from that, but everybody always sort of glosses over like long time, lifelong great friends, and just sort of assume it's fine. And it's not. Yeah, like you, it's tough. You, it, it, there should be something we do for those folks too because yeah. they're sort of fighting that battle alone and it's that, right. you know everybody right, right. all the, the family and right. so yeah sorry for your loss i mean yeah. of course yeah, i don't know you. them but yeah. i'm sorry for you because yeah I know you would have liked tracy he that, was that, he was that, a great guy and and what a great story about his wife oh my and, god and he, you just got to roll with that as a compliment unless yeah, you right. hate no, somebody justin like, was for, yeah unless you know? you're an asshole justin <laughs> right. was like because he did it real well he goes you like that huh tracy yeah she's pretty it's my wife and he's just like oh god and he did i was i was there for that one i wasn't there at the party but when he asked the woman and apparently he he used to get you know he used to enjoy himself uh, there were a couple of nights where 
uh, we helped him, aided him getting home. How's that? <laughs> nice. And um, uh, so he didn't just count the liquor; he partook, and that's how we became friends. But but um, he uh, <laughs> he apparently asked her twice, <laughs> <laughs> which really makes it bad. But nice. no, that's a fair point. I remember when uh, my brother-in-law passed away, and his family was down, and uh, his uh, Vinny's brother Frank's wife uh, Diane, who uh, happens to be Jewish. And um, it's not just, happens, it's, Ray. Exactly. <laughs> but is one of God's good people. Yeah. She's just a great person. And to your point, the point you just made, everybody is condoling uh, condolences to Nancy and to the kids, as, as they should, just like you said. But but uh, uh, Diane walked over to me and she said, Buzzy, this is going to be awfully tough on you. And I was like, and it, and it has been, of course, you know, best friend forever. And uh, and I thought, wow, that's that was really nice. It yeah. was a very nice thing to say. Cause she was making the point that yeah. you were you were. Yeah, sweet. Exactly right. Well, and it, you do find one of those things that, you know, I, I would say with my best friend, and I'm probably lucky enough to have two people, you know, that I've known for 20 years plus that, you know, that I could literally tell them the foulest thought in my head and not worry. Yeah, our but, buddy who came on the show. Yeah, Fenton, uh, Fenton. came on yeah, the show. Yeah. And then I've got another buddy, Brent, uh, who lives in Monticello, that I would think this, the same thing. I've told him the worst of myself and no judgment. So, you know, those people like that, if you're lucky enough to have one and most people aren't like, you know, you could be closer. There's an argument to be made that you could be closer to a soulmate with somebody like that than your wife, who sure. you're kind of putting a face on for a lot of the time. Like yeah. you, I, you give your wife the best of yourself, like or at least in my situation, like I don't have a marriage where somebody comes on TV and I'm like, damn, look how fine that girl is. Like, we just don't play that game. And I don't, either. I would respect yeah. my wife and not do that. And, you know, would also, you know, would kind of be weirded out if some guy came on TV, look at the size of his cock or something, you know? So at least there's a realness that you can have with a friend that maybe exceeds what you have in a, in a marriage. So did you say to Fenton, look at the size of the, on that guy? Uh, you, almost every time What is time the worst of yourself? What is the worst oh, of yourself? We, we could do that What's show, it? baby, over a couple drinks and bring in a counselor. But I think you would agree, and this may say more about us than, than people who do say this, I've never been a big fan of, the, oh, my wife's my best friend. You have your best friend, you have your wife. <laughs> yeah. I think. Right. You know? I agree with and that. And I think that's different. Now, there's something to be said. Like, I would love to have bit more of a friendship i think with my wife like we've got our list of approved topics that we're good with and they're safe and she's not going to get mad at me when i bring them up and it's another you know, whole show but i agree with it yeah so yeah. you i would you know i would certainly be open to a little bit more of that best friend you know thing with the wife which you know i'm sure she would say that and we're friends don't get me wrong but it's not like that i i feel safe to talk about whatever right. you know uh, like right. I always say, right. and I'm glad she never listens to the show. But like, <laughs> yeah, be careful. Well, this will be the one, right? I was listening to your show this week. <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> but like, I tell my 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 best friend, I said like the things that I'm conscious Not of with wife. my wife, <laughs> right, Brendan. <laughs> That like if stories involve a breeding age female, I usually don't tell her the story because then it becomes, oh, well, what was she doing at your office? Or, well, what was, you know, it always becomes instead of hearing the story and saying, oh, that's funny. That girl fell down. It's oh, funny that she was there at two o'clock. You know, you're like, oh, man, like I see you just uh, you learn as you get older in a marriage. Like, I'm just not going to tell that story. Absolutely. And that's what made. uh Everybody loves Raymond so great because that would come up all the time. That kind of stuff. He'd, he'd find himself in that situation, and you know, Deborah would be asking all those questions. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's funny. 
Now, Paul, my buddy Paul, him and uh, Kathy, uh, shit, they have that relationship. And uh, ironically, they seem to be a, a very happily married couple. But he, to what you said before, he'll say things at times where I'm a little cringy in front, right. in front of his <laughs> wife. And it's like, wow, yeah. that is a different relationship. God, look at the ass on that girl. His wife's standing right there. It's like, wow. Okay. Everybody's, a little out of respect. Yeah, everybody's got different. those friends. Well, you've got the, everybody I know. Like, there's a buddy that you have that will say that stuff in front of their wife. And I'm always like amazed. In fact, somebody that a mutual friend, and I won't say his name, you know him well. I was having dinner with him, don't guess on air. And uh, we were just having this normal conversation and we we're talking about movies. And he said, Yeah, watch this movie. This girl was shirtless. Man, great tits. And his wife was right there. Right. His wife, my wife. And I knew immediately my wife was going to be like, Can you fucking believe that? And she didn't say fucking to my wife's credit, but she goes, I would like, she was not comfortable with that line of dialogue. And uh, so. Yes. R- write the initials down. Do I know this person? <laughs> uh, again, you know him very well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but it was one of those things. And, you know, my wife could not believe that he would say that. And, and this is a guy who doesn't cuss. So wouldn't cuss, but, you know, pulled that out in front of his wife and my wife. And it's and again, I think that goes to sort of. It's funny. What, what was you, he watching, your, by the way? Do you remember? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't remember. The, I'll, I'll ask him and send you a link. But uh, but yeah, so it is, you know, it, everybody's marriage is so unique. And I guess the things that you're comfortable with and the things you aren't. But I've, you know, I don't know that I'm the type of person that wants to be talking about how, you know, attractive a female is on sure. TV or whatever. And, right. You know, it just seems a little cringy to me to be that, that yeah. couple. Uh, yeah. There's been times where I've been, I love Paul to death and Kathy as well. But there are times where I was a little cringy, like, wow, maybe that's a little a little bit TMI, but yeah. You know. Hey, Indeed. good for them. It seems to work. And it takes all kinds, man. There's all kinds of marriages that you wouldn't think. You know, me and my wife spent the better part of our first four years probably arguing far too much. Right. And, you know, right, and, right. you mature and kind of figure out a groove. And again, you learn the list of approved topics and don't say. Yeah, know, I think the, that's the I, I think that, that's right. Right. A you list learn of each approved other. topics. That's yeah. funny. So um, changing gears, I guess you have to tell your story of being reached out by the reached out to by the Kentucky Democratic Party. Yeah, how about that? Pretty bizarre. It was bizarre and cool and weird and surreal all at the same time. So yeah, I'd like to think it was from the podcast, but it was probably I, more likely your visit when the governor was in town. Yeah, so I wondered the same thing. I, too, would like to blame the podcast, but I yes, I would assume it maybe more had something to do with when I met the governor. Semi-recently made a donation, shook hands and that kind of thing. Maybe I kind of popped up on a couple boxes at that point. Right. But uh, he, I, I got a call from... Sherilyn Stevens, who I didn't write down kind of what she, she's a state rep. And uh, I guess there's a Democrat opening in the run for the 81st uh, state rep district. Which where, is where Madison, Southern Madison and yeah, maybe Rockcastle. Oddly, uh, it's tough to tell from the map, but it's like the eastern side of Richmond, south and north. So, yeah, I would really have to kind of get into that. I, and I don't know. But the, I guess the incumbent is uh, Deanna Frazier, yes. Republican. I think she's been there since around 2019. And uh, they're looking for somebody to to take her on. Her. Yeah, and, Two-year term. Yeah, two-year term. And, state house. State house in, in Kentucky. And so uh, I told them I would think about it. And then they they followed up and wanted me to do a Zoom last week with uh, the, the uh, staffer. Uh, from the house, Trey Hinneman. So Trey Hinneman and Sherilyn I was, was supposed to chat with both of them. Sherilyn got stuck in a meeting she couldn't get out of, but I did the meeting with uh, with Trey and talked about it some. Still haven't 
been able to pull the trigger, man. I really, really am 50-50 on it. I mean, A, because we're in central Kentucky. That's going to be tough to yeah, win. Yeah, so you say Trey is a Democratic staffer? He's the Pro, only I was going to say Demo- there ain't a whole lot of them in Frankfurt. He said he's the only one, <laughs> yeah, and I would love go. to know how that compares. <laughs> I'm sure the Republicans have two dozen, right? Yes. But, you know, as the minority, the Democrats don't have, uh, don't have that it many. He's a red state. Yeah, so he is the only one and just started naming the stuff that he does. And, man, I bet that guy works from 6 to 10 p.m. every 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every right. day. Right, right. So, you know, recruitment, you know, campaigning. He literally runs the gambit for Kentucky Democrats. But but it was a fascinating conversation and really in 50-50, you know, I'd love to do it. I've always wanted did to you, be uh, politically active. Did you look at who Miss Frazier has beaten? You know what? I actually did not. Yeah, do I that. wonder who's running against that, her. That would be. A, a good you know, hopefully it's not just a sacrificial lamb. It's going to be difficult, but you know, it's how much do you want to work? I mean, if you go around knocking doors, you remember uh, Chuck Luke? Were you at the radio station? It's going way back. Not off the top. All of right, that. so Chuck was a, a Republican pastor. Chuck was. Um, uh, we did a show called Toe to Toe. That Kelly had let us do, and it was kind of a left-right thing. That's and Chuck awesome. was, uh, yeah, and, and you think I was loud and obnoxious to Aaron? <laughs> Jesus Christ, no pun intended. <laughs> Chuck took because I was a younger man then, and as my brother will tell you, or maybe my cousin Jimmy, Buzzy hates to lose an argument. <laughs> and I was rough with Chuck, and, and and some with with me. But one thing I do remember about Chuck is he. Um, called me had found out uh so it was before you when did you start at wallingford oh five okay so my my dad passed away in oh four and i was at scanlon funeral home in my hometown pumped plains and one of the mr scanner somebody said uh maybe his son uh, you have a phone call and i was like i have a phone call and it was chuck he found the funeral home and called to wish me condolences on the passing of my dad i'll never forget that it was wonderful yeah but we golfed actually another true story about pastor luke we were golfing at the bull and I hit an errant shot, as I often do, and said GD or F. And he was like, man, I would prefer if you didn't. And I was like, very fine. Absolutely fine. I'm going to be respectful. Sure. Right? And yeah. So no problem. But he ran against Harry Moberly, okay. who was the longtime Democratic House member, yeah. years and years and years, and came damn close to beating him because he did, he put all his effort into it. I knew Kelly backed him. Yeah. Uh, Tristan's boss and my former boss uh, when I worked in radio. Kelly was all about him. And this is before, you know, the Tea Party and everything. This is probably 02 or maybe 04. And um, and he put his heart and soul into it. And Moberly won, but by a whisper. It was like 52-48. Like, who was this Chuck Luke dude? And wow. he knocked on doors and explained his situation and was obviously ahead of the curve. Yeah. You know, because in the ensuing years, Kentucky would go all red. There were still some of the old Southern Democrats in Kentucky and right. even 20 years ago. Yeah. Now they're all gone. Right. You know, but yeah, Chuck, yeah. Chuck ran a hell of a race, but that's the thing. It was a lot of work. He well, went out and I knocked think on doors. That's the deal. Like I, I definitely think there's room to make it close, you know, and then once it's close, anything can happen, right? right? It's like a baseball game. Keep right. it close in the ninth. You never know a couple of errors in a single, right? You know, right, you, right. you've got to win, but it, uh, and to ask the, the 86 Mets. There you go. Yeah. Well, and Trey told me, that the uh, the district actually went for Governor Brashear, so it is possible. Oh, is for, that right for the district? So there's to a go slight opening blue. there. Right. Okay, I was like, well, that's pretty good to know. And you know, and I don't know uh, Deanna Frazier personally, and you know, could be a, I, I'm a great lady. Assuming it's the Frazier family who uh, was pretty instrumental. Travis worked for us. Uh, Travis Frazier. I, Possibly his mom or his aunt is Deanna. I think she's active on the school board. Um, yeah, and she's probably a very nice lady. And, you know, politics, 
unfortunately sometimes become personal, but they're really, it shouldn't be personal. It's just a disagreement, you know, agree to disagree. Exactly. You know, well, into your friendship with the uh, pastor Luke, it, yes, you don't have Absolutely. to hate everybody. You have some fundamental disagreements with, that's it, you know, right. and that's, I think what people are forgetting and what social media is really emphasizing that we really have to divide ourselves up, um, uh, you know, among people that think exactly the way we do. And that's just the stupidest thing ever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aaron and Tony were here last week. Yeah. Go out to dinner with them tonight. Yeah. Aaron might want to seat away from me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in if they buy. No. <laughs> well, and you're in if they buy because you're half. Yeah. Nah, Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, so obviously been something I'm really trying to, to, to rack my hey, brain on. Hey, man, it's a real compliment. I'm proud of you. That's well, really it is cool. Nice. That's, that's great. Well, in my thought, yeah. too, you know, you're ready to retire and, you know, or within a couple years. And, man, that would be perfect for you. You're one hell of a debater. Drizzin with my accent, man, ain't no way they're voting. Is that a Yankee boy? It is. You're yeah. out. You may have to You may have to get some, <laughs> like, a couple of y'alls and di- in there. dialect tapes in there. And, well, <laughs> now, now I Did I ever tell you the story of meeting my... Uh, uh, my my nephew's now wife, Anne, but it was the first time I met her backyard, I'm not sure, four or five years ago. And um, she's a Harvard grad, right? So there's that. And I'm talking, um, and I still hear myself saying talking, so, you know. <laughs> but I mentioned that I'd been in Kentucky for a number, you know, 30 years, and she says, first time she's ever met me, oh, yeah, I hear it. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You hear it. But what she cited was, um, and I do occasionally now use the word reckon. It's almost charming. But reckon's a great old English word. It just sort of got co-opted by, you know, the South. And Northerners look at it as um, as sort of a stereotype. But if you think about, yeah. rather than saying, do you think we should do that? Do you think we should do that? It's about seven words. You go, reckon. Reckon. It's great. It's pretty it's nice. Pretty concise and to the point. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Same with y'all, what you referenced. You know, it's yeah. a, kinda, I think you are seeing that even more now with people who don't aren't from the The only South. thing I don't understand about y'all is when a Southerner is talking to one person. Like if there's two people, y'all, but when you're just talking to you, it's a little weird. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah. she also cited the uh, cutting short the contractions. Like I don't anymore say didn't you or couldn't you i say didn't and couldn't you know how that yeah that's a very kind of southern thing because it's quick and easy yeah sure. maybe a little bit lazy whatever but yeah and said oh yeah i hear it and i was like Fuck, oh, well, i've been here 30 plus years i guess i've picked up a little bit of the yeah. dialect yeah you, you definitely hear it a little bit it, you know to that point you definitely don't sound like a life Long no, Kentuckian, no, but no, but you, you, you can hear no you, people still know. Well, I told you for a long time when people would say to me, "Where are you from?" I, and you know, initially you're like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna have to do this for a while." Yeah, I'm like, I'm New Jersey, yada yada. And then maybe like ten years in, I was like, "Fuck it," I just start telling them I'm from Pikeville, and they'd go, <laughs> "Pikeville, Kentucky? Yeah, I'm from Pikeville. I grew up in Pikeville, born and bred." <laughs> and they just gotta look at me like a dog oh, here in a high pitch. Yeah, that's pretty great. Well, and I always say, I think I've told the story on the podcast, you know, I've spent a little bit of time on my accent considering, you know, I've been from the, you know, pretty deep part of the South since I was four or five years old and, uh, you know, it made quite a, quite a nice improvement, you know, being on, uh, on air somewhat and, and, uh, then the, the pandemic hit and I spent three years at home with my wife who, you know, she just sounds like cornbread. And so I just, you know, and it is, there is a little bit of laziness in there where y'all going, you know, you, know, yeah. you know, it just, it's a more comfortable, easy, like warm blanket way to talk. Right. So. And I'm sure when I come back from Jersey, if I've spent, you know, I don't really spend a long time there anymore, but like, you know, when my dad passed away, I was there like a couple of weeks and I'm sure it's, Hey, you guys, how you doing? You know, I'm says, Whoa, where'd that come from? How you doing boys? 
But uh, no, I get, but back to that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, it might be at a point in your life where you just can't devote what you'd like to to it. But well, that's just it. You, feather you, in your cap. That you year. really want to go all in or not at all. Right. I mean, it wants, it, it's one of those things that I, you know, I want to give every weekend have, and every free moment to it if I decide to do have it. Have you bounced it off your best friend, Laura? Uh, not a fan. Not, not No, I have. She's not a fan of the let, idea. Let me ask this crazy question. That sure. is a paid position. Yeah, pretty, decently paid. Oh, is it decently paid? Decently paid, paid like... It's not anywhere near what I make for my day job, but it, you know, beats the hell out of, I mean, it's 60 grand a year, plus I think a $200 a day per diem. Oh, no shit. While you're so, in, while the legislature's in? Right. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. Because it is essentially a part-time job. Exactly. And I think it's, it, it's in session, like starting early January to like the end of March. So it's like two and a half, right at three months that you're sort of doing probably a 20 hour week in Frankfurt. And then, you know, so I could still keep my job. But then who am I going to alienate also with the big public D next to my name if yeah. also. So that, that becomes I guess Jared Carpenter wouldn't help you. No. no. Jared, Jared I love Jared, but I don't, state senator does not, he would not have my back. I don't think no. so. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe he could do something for you. I don't know. Jared, I wouldn't think so. We knew Jared from, uh, from radio. Yeah. When I first went to work for Wallingford, I think Jared's first job out of college was working for Kelly's salesman for probably your predecessor. And then he went to work at a bank and ran for state senate and probably like around, I don't know, late aughts. He's been there a while, two, 2008 or something yeah, like that. That's it. And he's the state senator now. I'd assume, assume he's accumulated a little bit of power being there as long as he has. I would think so. Yeah. And I, I guess that's I, – I know in the U.S. it's, uh, you know, at the federal level, the – the Congress is still two years and the Senate is six. Maybe it's four at the state level, the Senate. That sounds right. Could be. Yeah. yeah. And the House is still two. So you got to run every other year, too. That's it, too. You're constantly tough. running. Yeah. That, that, is a, excuse me, that is a pain. So, yeah, I mean, honored to, to even be thought of, you know. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. the, and the first question I asked, like, is this a, you know, you guys call 50 people and you're trying to get as many people to primary? Oh, you did. Yeah. And they said, no. They said, the, when you say yes, you're our guy. No shit. And that we're not going to primary you. And that, you know, that people obviously could still jump in to primary if they wanted. But you would have but the, the Demo- support. I would have the support of the Democratic wow. Party and they wouldn't want to primary me. So you do have to think about that. Yeah. I'll be your campaign manager. I, I think you should run and let me be your campaign ma- campaign manager. <laughs> Maybe in a year if I retire. But again, my accent is not going to help me, Tristan. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, are you in? I'd love to do something with that. Aaron would say, be a great help. Wait, let me say this. My accent, nor my views, will ter- will help me terribly well. <laughs> well, that's the, fair. You know, but but it would you know first time I say you know there's some indication I shouldn't even say this I, I'll tell you off air especially <laughs> okay. three days I was can I should I say it oh God up to you man <laughs> I won't stand in your way you know if a 33 year old man was living next to you who had a great relationship with his mother and he was very kind to children he was very kind to kids and he had a series of men coming in and out of his house. You would say, oh, he's a wonderful guy, but he's probably gay. Well, that was the historical Jesus' life, right? <laughs> so the first time you say that, you're probably not getting elected in central Kentucky. The campaign of Tristan Reynolds does not stand by the comments made by Ray White on this show and is strictly the opinion of Ray White and his own personal views. But <laughs> yes. I said that we, uh, Marie cleaned our house for years. When, and that's and not to sound pretentious. Marie was a, a wonderful country gal. We paid her like 60 80 and eventually I think $100. And Patty was working at the time. And, and the funny thing is, Driz, in the first 20 years, she really, I don't think she'll ever hear this. She, she worked. But the last, she was, you know, 
probably 70 plus didn't do a whole lot it was like it was like a donation but i I became friends with marie and she was as country as cow shit you know and i said that to her one day oh my god buzz you can't say like she thought the house was gonna be struck it was gonna be the rapture man she's like you can't say that buzz oh my god country is cow shit isn't that a term yeah, but Country's why would that be like? It sounded like she thought it was blasphemy or something. Oh yeah, no, she. I'm, I'm just saying, cursing? Marie was very country. But oh, okay. she 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 was as country as you know whatever his country is. Yeah. I was saying cow shit. But when, when I said that to her about Jesus, she was like, "Oh, you can't say that, Buzz. Oh my God." No. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and you know, to, if uh, you know, if D, if I do decide to run against Deanne, if she finds the podcast, I'm sure there's enough quotes oh, on right. here to bury right, me right. anyway. Well, certainly, the, that guy you're with. I mean, <laughs> I mentioned my friend Tracy. I hope he's resting peacefully at a great place in the pearly gates but i'm pretty sure you know that's probably invented right so you you know you can't really run you have to keep a lot of your views to yourself yeah well i'm definitely uh, troy's gonna have we'll have to pay troy overtime or some money uh, to go through it and (laughs) clean clean me up all the way through to make me electable i think it's too late for that but no on a a serious note you know very cool it's really a feather in your cap it was an an honor to be asked absolutely yeah it really is and i would love to do it now again it is one of those things it's such a lifestyle change and i know my wife has no interest in me doing something like that and just would much rather me you know any idea how many days you wind up in frankfurt it's about 60 60 days 60 and i think it's winter it's like january february january february and march that's right so i guess the guys and women from the far corners the pikevilles and the and the paducas stay in frankfurt you're not making that commute assume yeah Uh, if you're in lexington or richmond you could make the commute yeah would you make the commute i would make the commute yeah yeah. yeah, I assume. It's an hour yeah. from here to Frankfurt. Yeah. yeah, not too bad. It's not terrible. No, yeah. 64 doable. is a nice highway. It's doable. Yeah. If you get a winter storm, you might have to spend a night in a hotel. So I, That's it. I would assume Frankfurt comes to life while the legislation is I in. I would think so. While the legislators are in. It would be fascinating. It would be fun. It really would. Like to be a part a of hell of an education like that. Right. Yes. If you, there's still a democracy after <laughs> November. There you go. Yeah, see, see how the, the sausage is made, just to say. Sure. But uh, no, would love to do it. But again, it, it is a big commitment. It's a big commitment to really campaign in the way a Democrat would have to campaign to win yes. in central Kentucky. Right. And then again, knowing that it doesn't make my wife happy certainly tilts me the other way. But man, I'd like to pull the trigger and just give it a go mm-hmm. just to see what happens. wonder if you have to stop doing this. I, I don't know that you would. I think all these guys have podcasts. The Speaker of the House has a podcast. Yeah. And, and maybe he's got to rein it in now as Speaker. But apparently him and his wife get on there and say some pretty outlandish stuff. You know, very right wing Christian stuff. Well, you know, I was talking to my best friend, and if we talked about this on the show, uh, forgive me, uh, we talk about so much I forget. But we we were talking about he does this thing with his son where they monitor each other's use of pornography. So it's an, the speaker of the house. The speaker does that. of the house. Yeah, bizarre, there's a mobile man. app, and man, what a weird thing to do with your son. Like again, if you have a problem and you want to do it with a bro or something, but doing that with your 17 year old son, hey, you're at the advantage if you're 60 years old and your son's 17 or whatever. Like that's unfair to unfair to him. Bizarre. That and a weird thing to do. Do you know the comedian Tom Segura? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So I wasn't that familiar with him, and Raymond, like you, is a huge lover of comedy and knows a lot of those guys. You know, he thinks that he could do a, an open mic night. He's written a few things, and they are funny. But we're watching Segura. Segura. Awesome. He's a funny guy. 
But he does this bit, Tristan, where he says he showered with a six-year-old. Now, this, oh, is, this, no. is, this is cringy, man. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, because I told the boys at work and Lucas wasn't having it. Um, <laughs> but it's not like he's filthy all the time. He just goes down these roads. So he, yeah. he, he showered with a six-year-old. Because Ray said, did we ever shower, Dad? And I was like, nah, no. <laughs> and he said, my six-year-old looked up at me and said, Daddy, you have a big penis. And his punchline is, yeah, it's only because it was hard. <laughs> oh God! Well, we laugh too, but it's like it's like cringy. You're like, oh, oh. Tommy, Jesus, that's <laughs> that's horrible. That's yeah, pretty horrible. But man. again, if and you then get... of course he turns and he goes, oh no, 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 I'm just, uh, yeah, I wasn't hard with my kid in the shower. But right, it gets your attention, right? Uh, but but see something like that. I mean, again, if there's whispers of pedophilia, like obviously that's a, such a scary and horrible thing. But like it is comedy. That's kind of the crux of comedy. Is that's a that's pretty surprising. And I think so. like this Tom Segura and Shane Gillis. I think they're sort of take they've taken the Louis C.K. mantle. I mean yeah. that's Louis C.K. humor. And of course it's <laughs> tough now where Louis found himself. But you know Louis was outside the bounds. Like he would right. said cringy shit. Yeah. And I think these guys have sort of taken that mantle. Right. It, you know. And you know, and we did have a show about this. But I mean that's the whole thing with Chappelle. Like you know, I now I'm I've been a big Dave Chappelle fan, obviously for you know 25 years but you know where do you draw the line and you you certainly you don't want to be mr uh censorship and that's not funny because it's a joke about a group of people or whatever but where do you draw the line if somebody's using the r word and you know making fun of special needs people like at what point do you say well i'm just not going to give you my money like is there nobody else to make fun of and i don't know that my brother who comes up often on this show but he's a faithful listener so thanks again tom um you know, he made the point with the whole transgender thing with Dave that, you know, A, you're too bright a guy for that, and B, you're kind of punching down. Yeah. I don't know that he made the, you know, if he got tickets to a Chappelle show, would he boycott it? No, I don't think so. But, you know, it was like, ah, Dave, really, you don't need to be punching down. Yeah. Well, and again, I, having listened to, uh, you know, all of his pod, or not his podcast, all of his uh, stand up. At least it was oh, released right. on you Netflix. Said sort of the same, yeah. Well, my thing was, I, a lot of the stuff he said to me, and again, as a person that's not on the LGBTQ spectrum, You're not. it's easy for me. Well, only on Sundays. <laughs> uh, it's easy for me to say, I didn't really find much offensive about it, but I thought Chappelle made some good points about, look, if we don't include minorities in comedy, isn't that worse than including them? Like to kind of say we're going to exclude you oh, from that's comedy. Fair. Well, that's it, now that's a really tough debate. Isn't and it? I thought it was it was at least a, a point worth discussing. The uh, what, what was that term that uh, George Bush Jr. used to use when strategy you know, when he <laughs> when he was um, trying to do? If you recall, his big mission, I think, largely due to his wife, was going to be education. Yeah. And then September 11th hit, no pun intended, and it fucking all got waylaid. Yeah. But the uh, soft. I think he called it the soft racism of low expectations, which is to say that, you know, we're not going to make fun of you, honey. You know, you know, you well, America being what it is, white privilege and all, uh, 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 most of us white people, I'll say most because maybe there's one non-racist among us white people, but you judge by skin color. So if you go into a classroom and you see 30 white kids and three black kids and you'd make the assumption, oh, the black kids are going to be struggling. Well, that's fucking the soft racism of, of lower expectations right expect as much out of the black kids as you do out of the of white course. kids right yeah and that happened in america and he made that point i thought it was a fair point but i think so Chappelle, on that on the heels of what i just said if he's saying that you know if you exclude a group just because you're 
run the risk of offending them, you're actually doing the group disservice. That is that was his his take, That's and it's really sort interesting. of if we're not going to you know give you an opportunity to have these jokes, then we're basically saying you know you're not worthy or you're whatever in society. So you're so ostracized, we can't even attempt to have this conversation where that? we can find the line where we can laugh at you yeah. know at, with and at you, I guess also. So again, no, I feel pretty uncomfortable when I hear somebody pull out the R word in regard to somebody with special needs. And I feel like that is the ultimate um, punch down. But at the same time, like, I guess it is a conversation to be had. Where do you draw that line and what, you know, because everybody's so offended right now about everything. And obviously you'd like to see a world where we could all laugh at ourselves a little bit, but then there also should still be a line in the sand somewhere. Do you, you know, Shane Gillis also? Yes. Who was, uh, going to get a job with SNL back in 19 yeah. and they found him using a, I think an Asian slur chink or something. Yeah. But we watched his stand up as well. And he talked about, and here I am laughing, but he uses the R word several times, but he talks about his uncle Timmy who's down syndrome. Yeah. And he, cause he says, uh, I mean, you laugh at it, right? He goes, he goes, man, that arrow came awful close in my family. I mean, it nicked me. And right. So, but then he talks about Uncle Timmy and how he uses his affliction to get over because he's a big fan of grilled cheese and he's always bringing grilled cheese sandwiches into restaurants nice. in case they don't have it. He'll pull it out of his pocket, buddy. And then at the end of the bit, he says, uh, I know I use the word twice, you know, the R word. And uh, he's like, but, you know, I've had a relationship for years with my uncle. You know, don't you profess to tell me how I should deal with this. I've dealt with it. You know, Fair. I, he's a good friend of mine. And I think that's what every time in this, uh, this is let me shit on our party some. This is where the liberals sort of get on our nerves, too. It's this. This is where they say it's black and white. It's you can't ever make fun of anybody ever. You know, it's, it's it's very much, you know, somebody's offended. There's microaggressions. There's, you know, you need your safe space. Look, that's where our side needs to say, look, there's conversations that need to be had. And stand up comedy probably is the right place to start these conversations. Oh, look, well, that's interesting. So, yeah. yeah and again, take it, it. it's like saying, like, you know. A, a black guy can't make fun of black people like look yes you probably should be able to and even maybe there's a point where everybody should be able to make fun of everybody a if it's not hate speech and b if you know if it's funny right yes so again yeah i'm not the guy to set that line in the sand and say where it goes and who should be able to make fun of what but it does feel like we've the left has went too far with everybody offended over everything. And I'm guilty of that a little bit myself. Like I think a lot of us are, and it's certainly, you know, certainly both sides with the offended by everything. Look how many stores and things that Republicans have tried to cancel. So yeah. it's not a one-sided thing, but our side does take it to another level. They do. Yeah. And it seems to have subsided a bit, but you know, when there were comedians like Chris Rock and Chappelle and Jerry Seinfeld, who were saying that they weren't going to work colleges because it had become so, toxic for lack of a better word they were so um tender about what might be said during their stand-up they didn't want them coming there i mean fuck i right. would, you and i would never be those people no. we may be left of center and even progressive in some ways but goodness gracious yeah everybody is should be allowed to say everything at every time at, at any time yeah and the beauty of america is you and i can get on this podcast and talk about what they said yeah and perhaps mock them or disagree or whatever but they've certainly got to be allowed to say it yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of freedom of speech. And this, I was watching a TV show this week. I wish I'd written it down, but they were making the point that when you suppress horrible free speech, you don't allow people to rally behind it. 
you just allow people to gather in groups underground. There you go. Because they're not out speaking at a place, so people can then come shout and say, this is horrible and we don't like this. And, you know, you, right. you take decision-making right. away when they lose their voice. Yes, America is a place where you are free to say whatever you want, and I'm free to mock the shit out of you. Right. And, you and can, vice versa. Yeah, and you can lose your job. And, you know, freedom of speech is not freedom from consequence. So That's right. allow the consequences to come for people that say this awful shit. Beautifully said. You should run for office. Yeah, I may just freedom do Freedom of it. speech <laughs> is not freedom from consequence. There right. you go. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I guess we should talk about Colorado. Yeah, man, that's next up on the list. That was uh, surprising. I, I will say I disagree. I think it's terrible. I, I, I actually kind of hope the Supreme Court v- v- uh, votes nine to zero that Trump should be allowed on. Like I get the the sentiment behind it, but do you think, as divided as this country is and as fired up as MAGA world is, that they're going to accept even a, even a Supreme Court that's Trump loaded their decision? There's just going to be another bit of oh, the system is against our guy. He if he's going to be beaten, it's got to be at the ballot box. Not by a court's decision, in my humble opinion. Well, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with the premise of MAGA needs to be beat, in, you know, in, in, in the vote. But, hey, they've already been beaten the vote, and they didn't fucking care because oh. they still say they lost. That's fair. But, le- but let me throw this at you. <laughs> look, if it's going to be a constitutional amendment, then, look, we can't just say, you know, here's this guy that, you know, at least our side pretty much despises, like, if there was no constitutional amendment, then fine. Of course, I agree with you. Well, that's. But what's the point of having laws if he's above all these laws? He's not above the law. That's the thing that 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 strikes me. And again, to your point, I would much rather see him like to well, what's Chris Christie's been saying. I'd like to see him lose. I just like to see him lose that way, not because he's not on the ballot, which is fine. But then get rid of the amendment in the Constitution. Well, what's interesting about that, Trison, is the most conservative jurors, Clarence Thomas, and of course his uh, mentor, if you will. Uh, Judge uh, uh, Scalia, who passed away a few years back, strict constitutionalist, strict constructionist, which meant that you could never alter, you know, what they wrote in 1776 or in this case about 1880. That was exactly what the way it was to be interpreted. Right. Well, to your point, if that's the exact way it should be interpreted, then Trump is in, you know, a little bit of trouble. Right. But but they're not going to go with that. They're going to find an out. So if, if if you broke the law and you walked in front of a judge and having we should ask Tony since it's a jury duty situation, <laughs> they don't ask you your opinion of whether you think this law needs to be interpreted this way. They tell you the law and tell you to decide based on the statute of the law. Right. So again, like there's so many laws you can you and I could sit down with a law book and say, well, that's not common sense and that doesn't make sense and that shouldn't be enforced. Everybody could do that. But if you're following the law, then you sort of have to follow the the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. If not, it should be changed. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, with but that I don't. Too. Love, that's that's going to be the either. argument. It's I don't an, love it's, it either. But. It's an interesting argument. It's probably such that the Supreme Court will rule in Trump's favor. If it's five four, that's going to be tough. Nine zero might be good just from the standpoint of okay, we can put that behind us, and now let's just go beat this guy at the ballot box. But. You know, it also opens the door for him perhaps winning, and then you got a whole other kettle of fish. Or if he loses and storms the Capitol, and then, I, I mean, again, we're setting the Trump precedent. Trump would never do that. Right. Oh. But we're setting the precedent. There's no penalty for these types of actions also. 
Oh, that's interesting. And then, so then what are you going to do when, so let me ask MAGA world. So what are you guys going to do when it's, I don't know, Hillary Clinton in four years that does the same thing. Oh, but she succeeds. She, you know, has a vice president that does whatever, whatever. And then it, a Democrat, like you're going to wish you had held Trump accountable. That's so, so my why thing didn't is, you, you should have said that to our boys last week. Cause that's a great point. I guess I was doing all the talking. I, I, I let you have last week. I'd had my mic off, but that was, <laughs> you did. That's a great question. You know, so if you if you're struggling, if, if you think that uh, January 6th was not a big deal and it was, you know, tourists who got a little fired up. OK, I guess you could say that. But what if the shoe were on the other foot? And obviously, because uh, old Cliff at work, you know, who's a far flung right winger, love him to death. But he's, you know, he, he gets frustrated with me because <laughs> not that I'm getting loud with him, but it's going to sound terribly, terribly pretentious. But I'll make points that. He kind of looks at me and he's like, I don't know enough about politics to have this, Ray. It's like I've kind of made a pretty good point that right. he can't you know, answer to. So yeah. he just gets frustrated. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's all about, oh, they've made so much out of this January 6th. This, there's just too much been made out of it. And, you know, all this left wing media and all this nonsense. And I said to him, Clip, let me ask you a question. If that had been Antifa and BLM, if it was left wing people who had stormed the Capitol, oh what do you think Fox News would have on every <laughs> minute of every day of every hour of every Every year, it would have been continuous January 6th. They coverage. still would be live from January 6th. They would have never, like, we would be on year three of coverage. Exactly. Still live from the Capitol. So. A hundred percent. No, I, I just think, yes. And and I, I'd like to get away with away from that. I feel like if there's one thing I want to do on this podcast is, look, if I feel the same way about Republicans, I want to feel the same way about Democrats. I think people should be held to account. Look, and I think, is it good for the country if Trump's off the ballot? That maybe is a better point. Maybe not. Maybe that's the issue. But again, if it's in the Constitution that, you know, if you do certain things that disallows you from running for president, those laws are there for a reason. So we either change them or we don't. Yeah, no, that's a fair argument. And it's also a fair argument to ask, uh, you know, going forward, you don't really want to set these precedents. There should be some penalty. And I guess you could argue, as the lawyers will, um, that there is a bit of a gray area. Did Trump stand there and tell the minions to storm the Capitol, you know, like uh, something out of a medieval play, uh, storm that storm the castle? Uh, nah. The left is telling you that. Did he actually do that? I don't know. There is some gray there. Yeah, I'm. that's probably fair. And I, I haven't sat through the whole speech, but I think to Aaron's credit, who said it last week on the show, that he watched the speech and he definitely felt like it should have, he Trump should have toned it back. Yes. And that's from a guy who voted for Trump. Right. Both well, times. there's a lot of things Trump should tone back. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Even, yes. you know, uh, there's whatever the percentage of MAGA people is, let's say it's 30%, right? So of that 30%, I would say at least probably half even of the MAGA people would find some things that Donnie does a little cringy. How could you not? Of course. You know? Well, and... And Aaron would be in that category. Yeah. And and Trump, you know, what kind of hurts Donald Trump's point as well, if, you know, sometime after that he had just shut up and not went away. He's never going to go away, but stop with all the fake. The ballots were this and it wasn't real and it was rigged. Man, he's still inciting people. Like, there's still incitement still. as of this week. Like, yeah. he's still pushing people. Hey, and how would you feel, Ray? Look, I mean, imagine if Barack Obama, who most of us respect as a president on the left, came out tomorrow and said, the, they cheated us. We, we lost this election, and we're going to have to fight. People would be up in arms. People would be ready to fight on the left. There should be a consequence for that. 
I mean, say what you want before the court cases. Look, he had his chance to prove that there was fraud or malfeasance or whatever. If you can't prove that, there is a point where, and again, I don't know how this factors into law, but you have to shut up and go away because it's deteriorating the fabric of our country. Not this guy. If nothing else. And so, again, it's just, it's so hard to watch, and there should be a penalty for for that. And if it's in the Constitution baked in already since the 1800s, then by God, it's there. But then it goes back to that question, Tristan, which I did try to propose, and we tended to get off on other things, I guess, last week. But, um, you know, how much is democracy sacrosanct? How much is democracy important to you? If you find a person who you think represents your views because you feel the country's gone off track on whatever the issues are, um, but this guy says, yeah, we're going we're gonna to deal with those. You're willing to give up some liberties, and it appears as though there are people who are. Yeah, and that's really and sad. And that is how democracy ends. And that's sad on both sides because, you know, the nice thing about America, whether the guy is your guy or not, you get an opportunity to vote again in four years. Look, you know, you may get a Democrat in that you hate. There may be Republicans that come in that Republicans voted for that they don't like as much after four years. The thing that keeps our country genuinely great is that we make changes by reelecting and voting out people that we dislike. That's how it doesn't go too far one way or the other, whether you love that or not. That's what I love about the country. And, yeah. and again, being a, a bit of a centralist, uh, but you do want the ability to say or centrist, centrist or centralist. I, I really like Madison Central High School. I'm more of a centralist. <laughs> <You're> centralist. <Yeah. laughs> but, but you get the opportunity to bring in somebody else to give it a try. You know, I think that's and fair. I, and I think when you lose that, you and open that the door the danger, for, isn't it? That, that's right, you, maybe, you get a P American Putin. Somebody that right. can come and, in and, and do whatever they well, want. And she, Aaron's going to tell you, oh, that's crazy. The, you know, the, the guardrails are there. They're, they're going to hold. But we've seen the guardrails fall in places like Hungary and Turkey and Poland. Um, and boy, they were awful close on January 6th. To and fall. they got pretty close. That's what somebody like my brother would say. You know, yeah, because we had this debate often, uh, uh, not often on. We had this debate continually throughout the post-2020 uh, election. And, and Tommy would say, Buzz, I'm telling you, you know, these guardrails will fall. And I'm like, no, the system's going to hold. It hold, it held kind of by a whisper. And this guy is, put, or let's say it, it held by a by, by a fiber, and he's pushing that fiber as much as he possibly can. Yeah. Is it going to hold the second time? Well, Perhaps that, not. That's, you know, I would be with but your I brother. But I think your point is there should be, it shouldn't be incumbent upon us to tell Republicans that. They should see that for themselves. They should just see it for themselves. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's sad that people don't. I, I, you know, we all want our guy to win or lady to win. Like, it's, of course we do. We're all a bit tribal. But to me, and it's always been more important that we had the fair and honest ability to go give it another try. But again, what Trump is eroding is, look, you don't have a real vote. It's fake. It's rigged. It's the system working against you. Well, so when you can deteriorate that, you've deteriorated the whole premise of my point, which is we all get another chance to vote. And I'm sorry if I was abrasive to our two Republican friends last week. But the fact is, Tristan, that that's the frustration. Like if you, you know, 
you guys need to answer these questions. It, it's much like I said about guns. I think that's how how I went down that road. Like, don't don't leave it to me in Trisden because we might just take all the fucking guns <laughs> right now. I, I I've lived in Kentucky too long. Honestly, Trisden, when I moved here, I was a full on gun control advocate. We you know go on collect the guns, and I lived here for thirty years, and I realized the futility of that argument. Guns are sure. woven into the fabric of society here. Yeah, you're not going to take the fucking guns. So find Agreed. some reasonable. But if you guys on the right don't offer some reasonable legislation, some reasonable ideas, then you are leaving it to the people on the left, and you may find them very unreasonable. So work with us here. And I think the same thing could be applied to Trump. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. So, you know, it's just, it's a hard time for politics. It's hard to watch, and you would like to see. And again, I think, you know, guys like Trump and, or Trump shit, Tony and Aaron, they see Trump, and they know he lost the election. They know he's full of gas and hot air. Tony shrugged his shoulders. Well, fair. But I feel like there's... There was a little bit of dead air. Aaron was Aaron was on it. Yeah, but there is a large group we of... We tease, them, Tony. We tease. A, a lot of Americans that do think what Trump says is gospel, that Donald Trump really won the election, but votes were stolen. Things happened because he you know, he had an early lead, and then there was a dump of fake votes. And you know, there's he's muddied the right. waters enough that there's a, a fair amount of our country that, that feels like he really was shafted. And again, if you start going down that road of... You know, our democracy is not real to begin with. Then it's easy to say, fuck it. We'll just take our guy then forever until he dies. And since we do show the sh- we have entitled this show Extreme Common Sense, if I might, I think I can explain a little bit of that. Um, and we've oh. talked. Yeah, please. Let's take a commercial oh, break. Yes. yes, thank you. Yeah. So a little tease to raise great point that's right around the corner. <laughs> and, and with that, a little word from our wonderful sponsors. Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. Back to you, Ray. Always good to hear from from the people that support us, even if they don't always agree with us. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. But um, Trump winning in 2016 had to do with suburban women, right? They found Hillary for whatever reason a little, uh, you know, because I always say, look, you largely know how white men are going to vote. You largely know how African-Americans are going to vote. Uh, Hispanics, it's becoming 50-50. The X factor is always suburban women, white women, and, 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 and suburban women of color as well. And they kind of held their nose and voted for Trump, you know, because he did win women like 53-47. Um, for whatever reason, Hillary wasn't motherly enough or womanly enough or she was too abrasive, whatever, whatever. So Trump wins. Well, those women didn't didn't vote for the Republican Party in 2018 after two years of watching Trump. And that's who beat him in 2020. Yeah, that's pretty easily, you know, pretty easily defined. And as far as those late votes, well. Democrats overwhelmingly used mail-in. Republicans were a little suspect of mail-in, so they went the day of. Right. Well, the mail-in votes were counted later. So the initial lead, I mean, they talked about this on a lot, in a lot of different places. You would see an initial big blue lead, and then it would narrow as the Republic, as the, uh, I'm sorry. You, you said see, it backwards, but You yes. would see an initial big red lead, and then it was na- would narrow as the blue votes were being counted. Right. Those, those are both things that took place. Yeah. But they can be taken as, aha, see what's going on. Well, that's the thing. And if you're 
people, if they can find a, a, a story or a reason to believe what they wanted to believe anyway, it's a whole lot easier to believe that story than, okay, I get it. It makes sense that the, the mail-in votes were a little bit more blue because every Republican politician was saying it's, you know, don't, don't, trust, don't, don't trust the right. mail-in. So, of course, that, you know, that is exactly right. But right. you'd have to be open to being wrong. Right. Most people aren't open. Right. Right. Most people want what they want regardless of their right or wrong. And they've, you know, this 30, 40 percent of folks, they want Trump. They don't care. Right. They're going to believe what he says. And th- that's the, and the that end is the danger. And that's what right. scares people like my brother, like you, like anybody who feels that the guardrails may not hold a second time. And and, and again, uh, our um, our uh, reasonable Republican friends, and I would include Tony and Aaron in that, or at least Aaron. <laughs> we kid, Tony. Um, you know, they have to they have to help us with that. Yeah. And I think I, think. I agree. And I think that is what you know, these types of conversations that we were able to have last week, that is the starting point for that. And I think, you know, one of the tough things, and I think Aaron has gotten a little bit better at it. Tony's coming around. He's not quite there, but I think you do have to kind of, to have these types of conversations, let your guard down enough to know that we're just some guys talking. Nothing's going into policy, but it's okay to say, yeah, you know, Biden's fucking old and that's scary on our side. Or, you know, yeah, Trump, is a danger to democracy and like some of this stuff is a little bit out there and and you know you even though they may still want to vote for trump and we still want to vote for biden even if he's old or whatever you know arbitrary examples but you do have to be able to have those real conversations and kind of ask yourself real questions instead of just retreating to your corner and then this is my guy and no matter what and you know i've just got his back or uh, there's got to be some dialogue and some reflection and i don't know if yeah, there will be right. but i think that helps no, any, the process any republican who wants to come on this show is welcome and i'll even i'll promise that trison will speak more than i will which <laughs> promises are made to be broken <laughs> fair uh, enough all right, what else? We're getting close to a freaking hour again. Man. Hey, are we going to take next week off, Christmas well, week? You know what? Well, i tell you what we'll do, and this this will be a little trade secret, but we'll, we'll air a best of episode next week okay. so Troy can be off. We'll, we'll do a new intro for it. Okay. So we'll record... Uh, a new intro maybe we'll go five or ten minutes for the next show and then we'll play a best okay of. so that's cool if that works that sounds great and so yeah i, I did have one more thing just real quick that i sure. wanted to get it's kind of a, a positive story to end on i uh you know people that know i'm a vice president of wallingford broadcasting a little local uh, media company in town one of my clients actually i don't want to pick favorites but one of my favorite clients happens to be cars of kentucky they uh mike mike mike, mike Rye, mike and gordon rice and i hope they wouldn't mind uh me talking about them on the podcast because my guess is they're certainly not voting the way we do but right. no mike's a good guy he's a conservative guy but he's a great guy and again i i always he's a guy that would help you out some of the best people you know are you sure. know you can't base goodness and badness on the letter absolutely somebody votes for. not so uh absolutely not and that is a point that needs to really be hammered on right and sure. then that's 100% our job right that's yes. what we we are here for mike and passes the neighbor test mike passes yeah every neighbor test and uh so he's got an employee mario who uh hispanic guy that has worked there for a decade i mean i'm guessing but it's been a really long time nicest human being like that that i've ever met like he hugs me when i see him that's cool like he, he tells me he loves me and, and like who does that? Like a guy's, hey, man, I love you, brother. How are you? Gives you a hug. Like makes you feel your whole day is better if you know Mario. And right. I just, he's literally one of my favorite people on this earth. Then he works over at Cars of Kentucky and he's had a lot of back issues. And uh, I think he's been finally diagnosed with div- diverticulitis or I'm close. That's a stomach. It's a issue, stomach man. thing. It's causing yeah. Back so problems. it was yeah. causing a lot of back problems. Yeah. 
long story, I'll try to make it a little bit short. I dropped by to visit Mario yesterday and uh, at his house, he's healing up and he, he's been off work for a couple months and he's not going to be back to work till February. Wow. So, you know, pretty big surgery, pretty big deal stuff that he's going through. And you know, this is not the first time, like, cause he thought it was back issues and he'd be off for weeks at a time with his back. And you know, the way Mike and cars of Kentucky have stuck with him and they continue to support him financially and just hold his oh, job. Great. And I don't know a lot of places that would do that. No, if any, no. I mean, and it just was so heartwarming to stop by and chat with him yesterday and to know that, you know, the way they take care of him at Cars of Kentucky, and it just, it's nice. And hopefully there's more of those stories, Triz. And, you know, oftentimes we do tend to the negative. If it leads, it bleeds. There's so many examples. Not to take anything from what Mike and Gordon are doing. It is wonderful. But you would think across the country that y- y- there's probably uh, buku examples of that. Because there I are so. so many good I hope people. So. And we seem to concentrate on the shit a lot of times, you know? We do. And and the problem, no, nobody's going to give you a Chamber of Commerce award for that. Nobody's no. going to recognize you and say, hey. It's not going to be a news we story. Found out, yeah, we found out you've been helping this guy, you know, right. for four months, you know, paying his salary while he's recovering from, you know, a, a surgery and just, you know, and again, knowing, and again, I've, I'm sure I've got plenty of clients that would do that or do things like that, that you don't hear about, sure. but just so happened to be friends with Mario. And I knew that. Yeah, so great. I'm able that's to, a great story. so it's a, a nice Christmas story that made it my day to, to, to know that. And I yeah, just sure appreciate is. so much hearing stuff like that with, you love it when good people get taken care of absolutely I well i mean when billy moore was here talking about eric church paying the exactly. whole crew through that's it all of covid which was fantastic yeah. hey so you're wearing a shirt that says happy holidays and i, and I think about <laughs> that this. was intentional but but there is nothing wrong so when i say happy holidays it's not b- me being pc it's the holidays if you start actually at thanksgiving but even after thanksgiving so you, you've got thanksgiving you've got christmas new year's eve new year's day that come boom 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 it's the holidays it's generic Right. When I say the happy holidays to somebody, it's not to not say Merry Christmas. Screw you, I'll just Christians. As, right. I'll just yeah. as easily say Merry Christmas. I'm just as comfortable saying Merry sure. Christmas. But happy holidays is generic because you've got a bunch of holidays hitting right at once. That's true. That's always the way I looked at it. Well, that was I think that was the common sense version, right? And yeah. then, then And then it Fox, got co-opted. Fox you News know, Bill said, O'Reilly. Yeah, this is the war on Christmas. Trying to take your Christian values and <laughs> right. flush them down the toilet exactly, with happy man. So, no. I hey, let me tell you something it. that I know you will get a kick out of. Sure. So, you know the uh, local company Rumpke yeah. R-U-M-P-K-E. I saw it. Did you? I saw it at the Galaxy. <laughs> Meant to, when I stopped by, you weren't there. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. So I was looking at this fucking thing. We've had we've had this container dumpster in front of our building for six freaking weeks because they're doing uh It actually has nothing to do with the new owners. It was uh, the parapet that holds the sign was loosened in a storm or several storms. So it's a pretty big construction uh, process and they uh, were trying to, the insurance companies were not exactly cooperating because of the sale, new owners, old owners. So it's finally getting done, but we've had this R-U-M-P-K-E, Rumpke, which is a local uh, sanitation company here um, in front of our, it's a huge 30 foot container. Yes. And it's got big white letters, R U M P K E. So I said to Cliff, our maintenance guy, who's a right winger, I said, Cliff, I've been looking at this and <laughs> we should spray paint a T. And Cliff, to his credit, said, Well, that that is funny, Ray, but you don't want to spray paint it because that's actually vandalism. How about if I just put white tape? Yeah. And it, so now it says Trumpkey. <laughs> <laughs> the dumpster says Trumpy, and a few people have noticed. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Must have been the kids. I don't yeah. know. 
But well, you did say it. Good I for saw, you. And I noticed, <laughs> and the tape job looks just like it the letter from Cliff, a distance. Cliff you did would, a good job. Oh man. God, I, I, I saw it. It cracked me up. <laughs> and I said, and what a fitting tribute to Donald Trump <laughs> to be the face of a dumpster in front of a bowling alley. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I was kind of proud of that one. That one's okay. Yeah, and yeah. then I just get to play stupid. Oh man, I don't know. I, I wonder what know. how that got yeah, there. That's shit, strange. What a weird situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, I meant to ask you about that when I saw it. I said that's funny. That's good. Oh, uh, funny. So Christmas, any plans? Uh, we'll make the drive to Tennessee Saturday. Same thing you did at Thanksgiving. Just the same. Okay. So it's pretty much. We'll and do it all in the same day. Do it all in the same. Never day. Never spend Come a night home. down there anywhere. Man, we used to. It's funny. This is. You know, my wife doesn't listen. She would say, why would you say that? But Why know, would you say that? Why would you oh, say yeah, that? Yeah. But before her, my mother-in-law split with her husband uh, seven, eight years ago, we would go once a month, just spend the weekend. And then since they split, and there was sort of like just some, she was moved around a few times, and we just never really, we just got Didn't out of the habit up, and yeah. haven't really taken I it up. Like, yeah, so we've, we've done a couple, um, oh, shoot, where you not, Whatever it's called, we rent the room online at a random B and B's, some Airbnbs yeah. a couple times, but yeah, just don't typically stay back home very much. I got you. Yeah, I don't get to Jersey at all anymore. Well, not not I don't get there anywhere near like I used to, which sucks. But uh, yeah, ours is kind of the same. Well, we used to do uh, Christmas Eve at Nancy and Vinny's, Christmas Day at my mother in law's, and then New Year's Day at our place. And then after Vince passed away, we kind of uh, Christmas Eve sort of went by the wayside. So. Typically, my Christmas Eve now is just hanging out at home and, and waiting until midnight and watching Pope Francis. Nice. Yeah, they yeah. have that whole cat, Catholic ritual. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually wrapping gifts, but I actually, last Sunday, I wrapped everything. I've <laughs> never been this far ahead. That's awesome. Yeah, it is kind of cool. No, there's that. Good stuff, man. Thank but yeah, so we'll we'll take a, a week off, do kind of a best of show. Well, and then let's we'll call it, it a new show because we're going to give them like 15 new minutes okay. and then we'll throw, throw some best of at them if you want. Okay. So yeah, it was, as soon as we've wrap up here we can kind of finalize that well but, happy uh, happy holidays merry christmas man, happy new year happy to holidays, merry all christmas of our faithful too. listeners absolutely and thanks and, uh, of course to our sponsors we do epoxy tony it's fun having you on i don't know you may be safer as a sponsor if we don't have you on but <laughs> we, we sure appreciate you uh dad's flooring who's now opening uh, great spirits liquor here in town yes and they've got he's cameron's just got his hand in everything yeah. so awesome guy to have uh, as part of our, our family here troy Oh, man, as you know, we couldn't do the show without Merry you. Christmas, Troy. Whenever, whenever Ray has a racist language, Troy goes in and cleans that up. And, and it's just, Troy, we literally could not do the show without you. We would probably be fired from our jobs and be in jail at this point. Uh, of course, Nate with Stove Leg Media, our, our umbrella company, we, we appreciate you putting us out there and uh, entrusting uh, what we do to your Stove Leg Media. We appreciate that. And uh, a little comedy? Sure. Sweet. Yeah. Do you want to go? What do you got? Oh, well, I just go to the dad's dad's book here. I wasn't thinking comedy, but let's just pull. Let me just whip this out. That's what she said. And let's see what we got. I should have. Do you know any Christmas jokes? There was one joke oh, about gosh, Santa should. only coming once a year, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I remember. This, that I don't. One. I don't know what the setup to that was. Santa so. only comes once a year. When he comes, he comes down the chimney. The the setup. Why doesn't Santa have any kids? I just remembered okay, it in, in there reverse. You go. Yeah, he only comes once a year. And when, when he comes, he comes, he comes down, down the chimney. I was carrying a nine-foot book the other day. Hmm. You have to suspend belief a little bit. I was carrying a nine-foot book the other day. It's a big book. And a woman asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, it's a long story. (laughs) Sometimes they're so bad, they're good. Well, this is actually very good. Why did Joseph Stalin only write in lowercase? 
I have no idea. Because he hated capitalism. Oh, that's That's a a good joke for the show. We'll end on that. It was, right, yes. So a little top ten list for you here today. I just whipped this together before I walked out of the house, so ignore the typos. Uh, top 10 things we talked a little bit about my potential to uh, have a little run into politics okay. and this is this is the top 10 things i will do immediately after my state house election <laughs> i love it number 10 i will only be a dictator on days that end in y <laughs> number nine i will immediately begin accepting bribes <laughs> <laughs> you ain't running no no <laughs> number eight i will travel the state disputing all the election results if i lose <laughs> That might be fun. Number seven, I will make driving on I-75 in the far left lane punishable by flogging. God, I hate those people. Oh, that just, yeah. Getting left lane. and They'll be, they're texting. and it's actually illegal. It is. The left lane is a passing lane. You're supposed to use it to pass Pass and get back over. That's it. I thought you were going to say you would make the left lane uh, without the Autobahn, without a speed limit. Well, it wouldn't matter because people would be texting doing (laughs) 60. Let's get rid of those people with flogging, and then that will be my next... (laughs) Uh, so number six i will insist on a bourbon fountain in my office i love it that would be nice uh number five i'm gonna get censured for my drip and i know you don't get that uh, that's for your son that's for the kids listening okay i will get censured for i'll my have to and raymond drip. will be able to explain that raymond to me. will explain that All to right. you. Uh, number four i will par- pardon hunter biden in the state of kentucky <laughs> so, hunter you're 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 home free buddy uh, number three, we will make Kentucky great again. Yes. Finally. Yes. What is that? McGugga. McGugga. Yeah. That's I like a tough it. one. I'm going to get some McGugga hats. how you speak after the bourbon fountain. That's right. Bourbon after fountain? you visited the bourbon oh, fountain. McGugga. That's it. <laughs> number two, I will get arrested for accepting those bribes. Fair. And the number one thing I'm going to do after uh, my state house election, yes. I will be Kentucky's virgin version of George Santos, and maybe virgin <laughs> and maybe too. The virgin, yeah. yeah. George, George was probably that. That's oh, that's funny, Tristan. Thank wow. you. Again, that's a real honor. I'm proud of you that you got that call. I, I, it was that's, a nice call to take. It's very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Thank you. Much. I'm going to go with they heard this and said we need him. Yeah, that's my story. So. I'm going to stick to it. And they were confused. They thought you were me, so they think they need you. And I got <laughs> the call. Trust me, there's nobody so. in Kentucky calling me to ask to run for an office. Let's get that guy that sounds like he's from Cleveland. And, yeah. no. That and the uh, you ever listen to what he says? <laughs> he called Jesus a homosexual. <laughs> what? Wow. All right. Good so stuff. On that note, Merry, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And, uh, no, by the way, a potential. I didn't say that Jesus was homosexual. There would be a potential that he was. Fair enough. Does that I, help I, at all? Listen, I didn't Troy, know. edit. I didn't know. Yeah, that's a, well, we'll, we'll throw that in the, the texture for Troy to throw in the, the, the uh, Jesus edit there. And Merry Christmas, Troy. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Troy. Yeah. And, and all of our friends and sponsors. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Todd, most importantly. Yes. All right. Ray, have a very Merry Christmas, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Indeed. Promise it.